On this episode of AV Week, the Amazon Echo may present a security issue, recording conversations covertly and then sending them to other people. Legrand rolls out their pro AV division and tips and tricks on making the most out of Infocom 2018. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week. Episode 353, recorded Friday, June 1st, 2018. Most secured. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by... Sure, because every voice matters. And by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us to talk about the news and information that we have gathered this week, the Friday before Infocom. Yeah, we're still doing this. Uh, first and foremost, uh, a longtime friend. Uh, her name is Dawn Mead. You know her as AV Dawn, and she is a great, fantastic AV professional. How are you, ma'am? Very good, thanks. And yourself? Absolutely. Fantastic. It's the Friday before Infocom, and I still have 15,000 things to do. But, Me you know, too. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's par for the course. So, uh, Also with us, uh, his name is Kevin Barlow. Kevin is from Draper. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. And looking forward to seeing you in person next week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, we will see each other in, in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, and last but not least, uh, a new beast, so you two be nice to him. His name is Dan O'Donnell, and he is from Key Digital. Welcome, sir. Hey, thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so our first story this week, uh, we're using one from, from TechSpot, but honestly, you could probably Google Amazon Alexa records conversation and get the story wherever you want. Um, literally, you know, almost every website on, on the planet had this story. Real briefly, uh, I'm going to give the synopsis uh, of what happened. A, a couple was having a conversation, a very simple conversation. No trade secrets, no government secrets were leaked from, from what uh, every, every uh, uh, story I had said. Uh, but a conversation was had. And then that conversation was recorded. And it was emailed to one the, the, the husband's workers, one of his husband's work, one of the husband's workers. And that's a problem <laughs> because they didn't intend for that to happen. Now, uh, Amazon's response is that the Amazon Echo uh, responded to a, a wake word, responded to a command to record the conversation that it was heard in the background and then sent it again in response to a command. So uh, according to Amazon, this worked like it was supposed to. As somebody who owns an Amazon Echo, I, I can kind of see this. And, and here's, here's where I can kind of see this. There have been instances where the Amazon uh, Alexa has been turned up too loudly, and, and my wife will just walk by, and she will turn it down, sometimes all the way down, right? And so I can absolutely see that if they were having a conversation and the Alexa was turned all the way down, then, you know, they wouldn't have heard the responses. They wouldn't know that it was recording. They wouldn't know that it was emailing a conversation to a worker. Um, okay, I can see it. It's still a problem. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's still an issue. It's still a security issue. 
Um, Don, we're going to end with you because Don is is now a, a, a tech manager. She's an end user for the first time in a while. Uh, but Dan, I want to start with you on this. Uh, as a manufacturer and as the industry is is getting more and more into voice control, you have all of the control companies pr- uh, predominantly that are now interfacing with with uh, the Amazon Echo. You have Amazon uh, back in November, I want to say, posting a blog post saying how we're working with you know these banks and these financial institutions to bring Alexa into the workplace. And now we have this, which some would say is, is a security issue. How much pause does it give manufacturers this kind of story that t- to say, wait, wait a minute, we, we may not want to, to work right now with you until we fix some of these things? Well, you know, I think it's a concern for everybody, right? But I think that bringing up the subject just delivers a tremendous opportunity to really take it, you know, take advantage of the opportunity because, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you automatically scan through something, you download an app and you get the agreement reminder, right? No one ever reads it. They just click, okay, accept and go. So I think number one, it's a, it's a great experience for people to kind of go through those settings and maybe even download that Alexa app and see, you know, what other things that they can enable. And one of the things I would do, I think, you know, if you're going to be, uh, in a sensitive area, you probably want to disable the contact feature, which you can do. Um, and then there's things that you can enable as well. But I think for even for us, like when we're in our meetings and R and D talking about, you know, control system and how we integrate and our black boxes integrate with other control systems, you know, voice is huge. And if it's uh, if it's any indicator, I think it's at the top uh, one to, to five of all the control system companies, uh, you know, a checklist as far as what, how we're going to be prepared for it, how we're going to deliver it, and then obviously how can we help manage it or at least make some tools so it's very easy for people to manage it uh, overall and, you know, use what's, what's great about it, you know. You, uh, I, I always look at, at my kids and uh, my youngest, who's just learning how to read, you know, if I gave him my phone and said, here, search movie times, oh. he, he's unable to do it because he can't spell, you know, uh, you know, uh, the, the latest Avengers movie. But he can hit the microphone button and start talking to it or ask Alexa, hey, what time are the movies, movie times for the new Avengers movie? So those are things that are happening now that I think kids and, you know, young adults and, and older adults, everyone's uh, really getting uh, enabled with. So it definitely allows us to uh, use that as another great feature and a great experience. Yeah, absolutely. Kevin, I'm going to bring you in on this because uh, Draper has several uh, different divisions. You have a, a couple. Uh, Evoco is, is is part of Draper now. Um, obviously, the Draper screens people and, and shades people can control with, with various systems, including your own control s- systems, but also others as well. From a manufacturer standpoint, that where you guys work with other folks, how do you guys kind of protect yourselves and your clients from – Unforeseen circumstances when you when working with other folks that may or may not make the the the, uh, the best choices or something happens that absolutely outside of their control and yet it's still it's still seen as a negative or a black mark on that company in the marketplace and and you are directly associated with it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's a it's a tricky fine line to walk across. So um, I'll give two answers. You know, first, I agree with what Dan said on the end user lose. Uh, end user license agreement you know that it could say whatever the company wants to protect themselves but nobody's going to read that um, my 
my feeling is that the default setting for anything that has that kind of capability should be set for the, the most secure, the most private setting as the default, so that the end user has to intentionally activate uh, or turn on features that would compromise privacy at some point, um, so that they're making that choice. Then if, if somebody else walks into the room and they're not aware of that, you know, you know, can't be responsible for that. From, from our perspective, we try to focus on um, our products are really um, centered on simplicity. And so uh, we don't have, um, we don't have as much of the, the voice activation yet, but it does raise a concern from a design perspective when you're contemplating new features like that. Um, you know, do we err on the side of caution like, you know, older generations would want, or do we focus more on the millennials who don't traditionally don't seem to care about privacy as much? Um, so it's a, it's a fine line. You know, being a, a veteran in the industry, I tend to be more cautious, but I have, uh, I have plenty of nieces that are teenagers and in their 20s that don't mind sharing everything with the world. Yes, that is absolutely true, and, and even the generation beyond that is, is also you know growing up that way. So, Don, uh, bring this from a couple of different standpoints. Um, Don lives and in, in, in works around um, Maryland and Washington D.C. Not for nothing, but that's where a lot of government agencies are. Uh, I actually have what really a story from a buddy of ours, uh, Joel Bilheimer, who works in and around the, the defense industry. He and I were talking about voice control. Actually, we, you you were on a, a panel with me, Don talking about voice control about a year or so ago, and talking about the government using uh, voice control. At the time, Alexa had not been yet fully vetted into, into corporate. And he was, he was laying that he wasn't sure that, that it would ever get there, and if it did, it would, it would probably be some sort of on-prem because of some of these issues, right? Right. And then you've got, you know, Amazon comes out and says, look, we're, we're working with all these great companies, some of which are financial institutions. And then you have this story come out, which is in direct you know, conflict with what a normal financial institution would want to keep private. As you're talking with, with clients or you know, internally with some of your folks, you know, what are some of the things where that, that you're hearing from, you know, from a privacy standpoint and, and all the way the tension that that creates? between what people want to do uh, inside a corporate environment? Well, I, I mean, the reality is in the past 10 years or so, the whole script has flipped that, you know, back in the day, we in the commercial and government and 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 um, private industry world drove the consumer adaption of technology. And now it's just the opposite, completely and utterly. Everything comes from home from your phone, from your kids' technology. And that's what we want to have. You know, I can just swipe it up onto my screen at home. Why can't I do that in the boardroom? So that sort of thing has been giving us, as integrators, putting on my old hat for a second, it's been giving us fits for years now, just, you know, at least the past 10 years. Um, and, and, you know, more and more with the IT integration as well. Uh, a lot of things that were unheard of suddenly are demands and and not just demands expectations yeah. it's how things have to work you know and um it's especially challenging for the integrators that have to face that when you're working in these more secure areas um prior to my current gig 
I was an integrator that did a lot of government work. And all the time we'd come up with cool things like Alexa voice and like some of these other, you know, whiz bang features that are cloud-based and God's forbid you mention the cloud in front of a lot of, a lot of our customers. Now that I'm working for a larger government contractor who shall not be remaining nameless at the moment, it's more challenging not just dealing with our customers' demands, but our own internal demands. And I have learned in the past few months I've worked here, I work for one of the most risk-averse companies on the planet. Anything that is a government standard, we go about 10 steps beyond that, privacy-wise and security-wise. So a lot of the cool new things, I'm just not gonna get to touch. It, that's a fact. So it's, it's a case of finding that balance on how we can make things work in a way that the customer's expecting based on the way things work outside of this tight insular little world and making it work in this tight little insular world without causing our IT guys and our InfoSec guys to have, you know, brain aneurysms from stress. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> Basically. I, it, yeah. And that, that is the tension, right? Between what the CEO wants versus what the IT manager says can happen. It really is. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I haven't been here long enough to figure it all out yet. As soon as I figure it out, man, I'll either let you know or I'll write a book and make a lot of money letting you know. Either way, <laughs> in the meantime, <laughs> it, it's a balancing act. It really yeah. is. And, and you got to manage expectations of customers and you got to say, yes, I can do this cool whiz bang thing in the corporate world. I can do this cool whiz bang thing in your house. But here at mm -hmm. this company or here at our customer's location, because of security concerns, we can't do this cool whiz bang thing, but here's what I can do for you instead, or here's what I can do for you that is similar. And so as long as we you know, make sure that we manage expectations, you can get around mm -hmm. that to some point until the InfoSec folks catch up to the technology and the government adjudicating agencies, JIDIC and all those folks that bless equipment for use in secure spaces catch up as well, then, uh, Maybe someday we'll live in a blissful voice activated world in all sectors. But for now, it's it's no, no. not happening. Yeah, absolutely. But right. if, if I could jump in, though, on, on the thing about you can see it happening with them voice recording. Yeah, I, I happen to have a dot at home. And let me tell you, those things, they think they're hearing their name, but they're not always hearing their name. I had a lovely conversation about our new industry organization's name next to my Echo Dot. And it thought I was talking to her. And I'm like, your name is not a Vixa. Yeah. So, you know, it could happen. I'm, I'm not saying it's it's completely out of the realm. Yeah, that was fun. I got home from that from uh, from the trip and when they announced it. And I was relaying to my wife that, you know, the new name was a Vixa. And sure enough, yep. the echo lit up. So, yeah. I don't know what that means. Or yeah. can I help you with that? <laughs> what? How can I help you? No. Go away. Just ask Siri. Yeah. There you go. All right, uh, yeah. next story here comes to us from AV Network. Uh, Legrand has unveiled a new commercial AV go-to-market strategy based around actually an, a, 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 an acquisition they made about a year ago. It was a year ago, July. So Legrand purchased Milestone. Again, Milestone is Vadio, Daylight, um, and, uh, and and Chief, as well as Sanus and a couple other brands. But uh, the three main ones are, 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 are Mile, is, uh, Daylight, Vadio, and, and Chief. Purchased them back in July. It's taken, you know, it took them a few months to kind of, you know, sign, you know, get all the I's dotted and T's crossed. And now they're coming out with this, this, you know, this Legrand AV 
uh, Legrand, a pro-AV. According to the article, quote-unquote, Legrand says customers will benefit from one go-to resource for all brands backed by a team of product specialists and uh, additional inside sales support, channel experts, and a group dedicated to driving sales leads to our customers. Kevin, I'm going to start with you on this. Uh, not for nothing, but again, you know, Draper owns several different brands and bringing them all together. You guys are actually doing that at, at Infocom this year. You, your, your booth is going to have some of the other uh, parts of, of Draper. From an organizational standpoint and a go-to-market standpoint, when you're talking with your clients and when you're talking to your customers, how much does that help and how much does that hurt maybe having such a big organization, having such you know uh, maybe a, a broad product base to say, you know, you go to one customer and say, look at look, look at everything that I can do for you, or is that a, is that a benefit? Well, our approach uh, was done over an 18-year period, so it's not quite the same. They're trying to squeeze it all into a much shorter period of time. But it, it is a challenge, you know, not to lose the, the corporate identity, brand identity, you know, with each of the individual components. So, um, it's a tough challenge they've got ahead of them. Uh, I'm sure they'll figure it out. You know, companies like Cisco have have uh, you know had home runs and misses. You know, trying to pull that off over the years. But I think um, if they keep the customer focus in mind, if they're really um, focused on the partners and the customers and what the market wants, and they take that into consideration, um, and they're able to um, not have to deal with any internal politics, you know, that can that can mire things up. Um, they'll figure it out. You know, they've got some talented people there. Um, this is a big change for us at Infocom this year, um, commingling our brands together, uh, which we really haven't done before. Yep. It was a strategic decision that was made last year, and we are doing it in such a way that uh, we're not going to lose the identity or the flavor from each of the brands, uh, but basically taking the, the best of each one and and putting them out there in a way that's more accessible. Um, that's probably the most I'll say at this point. Okay. No, no, no. All right. Uh, Don, from a both well, customer standpoint as well as a mar- kind of a marketing standpoint, how do you do that with – how does – from a, the, the, the end user standpoint – does this affect you in any way, shape, or form, or, or is it just you know what I, I'm buying miles, you know, I'm, I'm buying video cameras anyway. Uh, it doesn't matter to me if it, you know, if, if the main corporate headquarters is Minnesota or or, or France. It's no big deal. Or does it really impact you as you kind of go to you know you, uh, ne- your next project? Everything's together under one brand. Awesome, groovy. So. I'm kind of a, of a couple minds on this, you know, on, on the positive, there has been a trend the past few years. We've seen it with the big boxes companies, you know, your ons and your Extron, Crestron, AMXs, the, the, the move towards an ecosystem where you get every product that you could require under one roof and one brand. And then from an end user perspective or an integrated perspective, if something screws up, you only have one finger to point at. I, I By the way, the thank you for not that. using the other phrase that they always want you to f- use. <laughs> Which the the one throat to choke. I just yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, I, I, we 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 don't believe in choking here. You know, we'll just beat you with a wet noodle until you cry for mercy. Um, but y- you know, it it really does. It, it, from the end user's perspective, it's kind of cool to be able to just have that one 
place to go if there's an issue. And I'm finding out in corporate world, it's also easy to deal with when you have a single PO going to a single entity with, you know, however many items on it versus a PO to this little company, a PO to that little company, a PO to that little company. Are they all set up in the procurement system? Well, I'm not really sure. Are they set up in the procurement system for this division? Well, they are for this division, but not for the... It's a whole nother world when you're working in the big leagues. And so from that perspective, it's a fantastic thing. Um, I think from a marketing perspective, it would be difficult to um, see some of the brands go away. I know Draper came out with the cool new Skyline branding, what, just last year at Infocom? Possibly the year before. Um, You know, each one of those brands has their own distinct flavor, their own character, their own reputations. And I, I would hate for any of that to go away in this merger. And um, I also would be interested in seeing the synergies on some of the product lines that kind of overlap. You know, LeGrand already had Middle Atlantic. Now they're bringing in Chief. They're bringing in, you know, Draper. There's a lot of overlapping products, maybe not the whole breadth and and depth of what they sell or what they offer, but there's enough overlap that it'll be interesting to see how they work that out. So uh, I'll be watching it with interest and a smile. See how how you manage. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and and, and uh, one, two things actually. They've already started doing that with between Middle Atlantic and, and Chief on some of their products. So, uh, and it, Milestone has has Daylight. Dra- Kev- Kevin's from Draper. So, no, sorry, <laughs> it's all right. It's and did, it's, did Draper have that? No, Draper had. Oh yeah, Evoco, okay. Evoco. Yeah. Uh, so all right, uh, Dan. Uh, tough question sorry. for you. Uh, how do you compete against this? Um, Don mentioned the the the. Wonderful history we have the last couple of years of mega mergers and mega purchases. The, I would say that the most um, dollar amount, at least the last couple of years, was when Samsung purchased Harman for $8 billion, uh, creating a, a pretty significant um, uh, corporation there and, and bringing in you know, ProAV and merging the two. But there have been several others, right? Uh, mergers, acquisitions, um, you know, LeGrand and, and Milestone being another one of those. How do you compete against a company like that um, when you, whether it's Infocom or it's Cedia or it's ISC or whatever, when you're going to market or even you're just meeting with, you know, the local integrator, say, look, you know, we, we've, we have, you know, we, we've got benefits here as well, not being a part of a big ginormous corporation. Sure. I think it's a good question. And I, what Don was alluding to with, you know, it's great to have everything in one place, but it's also sometimes can be a challenge. You know, one of the things that, that I look at, I, I actually look at it as a plus because, you know, we partner with a lot of those brands. So it probably will help us as a smaller company work better with those brands because now we'll have, you know, a dedicated person that may be in charge of all of networking, a dedicated person for all of, you know, uh, power management and stuff like that. So uh, I think for us, it's a plus. Um, but you know, I, I know for some manufacturers that may only, you know, have one box that competes with, you know, what they compete with, you know, with us, the nice thing is we have a good diversification and what I always try to stress, and you'll see this a lot, like on my social media posts where I'm highlighting, you know, dealers successes is I always feel that for the integrator. And if you want to have a lot of success and longevity in this business, you have to listen to what their project is about. And you have to let them and be a good uh, advocate and also a uh, listener. But you, you have to be able to find out what's going to be the best brands in that class. And I think by the consolidation and the movement to go all in one, 
I don't know if it's so much targeted so much uh, against, you know, other manufacturers, but it also kind of speaks to distribution in the way that that's laid out in the industry where now they can actually go in. And if they, act, they do let these brands uh, continue to act as their brand just under this big umbrella, they'll be very, very successful. So uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all right, guys, as we wrap up here, I mentioned the fact that we're recording this the Friday before Infocom. Uh, this will post on June 4th. That means that I will see all three of you fine people uh, sometime next week. Don, start with you on this real quickly. And it, we're, the story we're using is, is from commercial integrator, um, industry veteran Alan Braun gives us some some tips and tricks on how to survive next week. So, Don, gives a, give us two or three three of your of your tricks for not just surviving Infocom, but you know making it making it successful and, and honestly making it worth your while and worth your trip out there. Well. Uh, first, shameless plug in commercial for some old content on avnation.tv. But two years ago, when we were back in Vegas the last time, I wrote an entire blog on this, 15 Essential Items for Infocom 2016. I reviewed it recently, and pretty much all of them are accurate for Infocom 2018. So go check out the blog section of avnation.tv and find that. But my top picks from that list, you know, we need to have power. Make sure mm. you have your power bricks on you and make sure they're charged so that your phone, your tablet, your laptop, whatever you're using that uses power is there. If you want to be a real superhero at lunchtime, bring a small power strip. Mm. And then when you go and take the the one plug on the wall, you can share with friends and everyone will love you. Yeah. Um, it's the desert. Make sure you drink lots of water. Make sure you bring lots of water. Um, I also always say, you know, make sure you have a good bag, comfy shoes, all that jazz. Those are all important. Your Fitbit, you know, last last year in Orlando, I literally walked something ridiculous like three marathons over the course of the Infocom week. And that doesn't count visiting Disney or Hogwarts while I was down there. So make sure you bring that. And the number one thing I always tell people for going to Infocom or any of our industry shows is have a great attitude. Because if you go into the show saying it's going to be miserable and it's going to be hot, and I'm going to have to deal with all these people and all these people trying to sell me stuff, and you have a sour attitude, you're going to have a sour time. But if you go in there with a great attitude, go in there to meet friends, have a good time, see some cool tech, you're going to have a blast. And that's the most important thing because we're there for work, but life's too short not to have fun too. Hey Amen, sister. And I, I, I will point out that Dawn Mead is the reason that Aviation has chapstick. Uh, because it was four years ago, um, it was four years ago, four, six years ago, where we had a, a booth for the first time. Um, we don't have a booth anymore. We record up in a room. Anyhow, and Don's, we were, we were meeting, and Don's like, we were, we're talking about what to give away, and Don's like, it's the desert. We have to have chapstick. Ever since then, we've had Aviation chapstick. So, Which is number 14 on my list on the blog. <laughs> Thank you. All right, uh, Mr. O'Donnell, uh, as a manufacturer, um, how, how do we make the most out of next week? Two important things, I think, for me would be, one, avoid the trade show handshake, people. Come on. You know, there's people with cell phones all over, you know, videotaping you left and right. And if you don't know what the trade show handshake is, it's when you shake someone's hand and you're looking for the next person to come into the booth. If someone comes into your booth, okay, and they're talking to you, give them your attention, okay? If someone is there waiting to talk to you, they'll talk to one of your other colleagues, they'll wait, they'll check in, they'll get scanned, but don't do the trade show handshake. I see this all the time, it's horrible. You spend your time, money, energy going to these trade shows, make the best of it, people there to come see you, 
give them your attention and treat them well, and it will come back to you tenfold. The second thing that I would I would strongly recommend is it's almost like a two part. So sorry for three, Tim. Yeah. Uh, one, bring projects. Bring projects. You know, if you're coming to a booth and something attracts you, think about because you know it's hard when you go to a trade show. You see so much cool technology. Everything there is like, wow, it's awesome. I could have used it in this project and that project. But think about the project that either you know is on your mind right now or you want to close at the end of the summer or the end of the year. So make sure you bring those projects. And the last part of that is contacts. You know, you'll see when, you know, especially the people on this on this uh, cast. You know, we're very active in social media. You know, we make a lot of connections, a lot of contacts. Now's your chance. Get their business card. Get their cell phone number. If you don't have your own business card, open up your phone or your social media remote control. And uh, you're going to go in and send them an email with your contact info. So go into your phone, open up an email, make sure your contact and your V card is in that email and have a great time. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a long week, but it's well worth it. So make those connections, have a good time and figure out how you're going to push your business to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Mr. Barlow, you will have the last word on this. Uh, how do we survive next week? Well, I love the comments that were just shared uh, by Don and Dan. So I'm going to go to that web link that Don shared and, and check in and make <laughs> sure I bring my chapstick. But I would say um, a lot of companies spend an incredible amount of money to put you know, their brand and their latest products out there. Um, try to plot out ahead of time you know, what you think you want to see, but be open for surprises because... You know, every company wants to have something new and fresh on the floor there. Um, if you're going to meet a person and that person is not available or they're busy, find somebody else. You know, Make sure that you capture what you need um, in that particular booth. Um, I'm real big on popping up my phone and taking pictures of things, taking pictures of name tags, of things that I see in booths so I don't forget about it. Um, I typically take at least two pictures, maybe three the person I'm talking to, the thing I'm looking at, and what booth I'm in so I don't forget. And then I, I flip through that uh, on the airplane or when I get back just to remind me of what I've seen. Um, there's so much to see there, really only three days um, to do it. So the more time you, you plan ahead what you want to see, um, the better. But I also am a big advocate, never budget more than 50% of your time. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's good, good, good words. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Miss Dawn Mead, how do people find you or follow you if they are so inclined to do so? Well, I'm working for the government kind of now, so you won't find me there necessarily, but you can find me on Twitter anytime at AVDawn. You can find me throughout avnation.tv's coverage of the show coming up. And if you want to meet me in person next week and you're going to be out in lovely, lovely Vegas on Wednesday morning, I'm teaching a class, IS040, which is Predictive Maintenance, Recurring Revenue, and the Internet of Things. So if you're interested in that topic, come by and see me. I'm also sitting on a panel Thursday afternoon uh, that is about changes in the communication and collaboration speak uh, space. Sorry, it's an IMCA-sponsored panel, and it's a lunch panel. I'll be at the Women's Breakfast. I will, of course be at the AV Nation tweet up on, what is it, Wednesday night? Wednesday, 4 to 6. Wednesday, 4 to 6. And, you know, you'll see me all around the show. So if you see me, 
feel free to come on up and grab me and say hi because I love meeting new people. It's part of the fun in the show. Yeah, absolutely it is. All right, thank you so much. Uh, Mr. Dan O'Donnell, thank you, sir, uh, from Key Digital. Uh, how do people find you or Key Digital? Thanks, Tim. Well, you can find us on uh, Twitter, LinkedIn. Those are my two, uh, two uh, weapons of choice. Uh, I get the biggest ROI, so please connect with me on, uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, on Twitter, it's at Key Digital Dan. And uh, on that, we, we, our booth will be in the Central Hall. We're going to be at C1434. So please feel free to stop by and come meet with me and uh, anybody on my team. And also, don't forget, we're having an AV selfie contest. So come by, do an AV selfie. We'll also be at the Tweet Up as well. And uh, Tim, thanks so much. And uh, I'll see you next week in Vegas. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, Mr. Kevin Barlow from Draper, thank you, sir. How do people find you or Draper? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm fairly active there. It's Kevin C. Barlow. And next week, if you're going to be in Vegas with your chapstick, come by Central Hall C2347 for the Draper booth and also Evoco, as well as SMS Smart Media Solutions, part of the Draper family of companies. Hope to see you there. All right. Very good. I appreciate it. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. Don't follow me, but go by the website if you would, please. Avnation.tv. Avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Uh, also, while you're there, check out our, our underwriter section. These are the folks who help us financially, help us bring you Infocom and all the others. And Draper is one of those, and we, we thank them for their support. Uh, Don mentioned it. Uh, the AV uh, tweet up uh, happens. The Avnation uh, AV tweet up happens Wednesday from 4 to 6 uh, in room N, as in Nancy, 217 room. So go up the escalator, hang a right. It's right there. Uh, also, Dan mentioned the AV selfie. They're having an AV selfie contest. Um, we're putting together, once again, uh, an AV selfie song. Um, and actually, if you don't stop this podcast uh, at the end, we will be playing said AV selfie song uh, brought to us uh, by our buddy uh, Phil Cordell, the AV professional. So we appreciate uh, his efforts, uh, and they'll be shooting a video again, uh, putting together and grabbing all of your AV selfies that happen next week in Vegas and, and posting it up uh, the Monday after uh, Infocom. So all that and more at avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week. It's alienation, baby selfie, baby selfie, it's alienation, 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 we're coming to Vixa, 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 we're coming Tell me to smile. AV selfie is like a child. An infocom bomb in photo files. You stick around, we'll make it worth your while. Style profile. I said, I'm always in the house because AV is wild. From the Hudson River out to the Nile. I walk in infocom to the very last mile. Blinking in the photo, I will revile. People always say high fives got style. You've got socks, there are guys. To step to me, my sock game is dialed. If you speak around, you're in denial. For quality, versatile Perusing what's new, my time's worthwhile Catch me off and through the aisles Oh no High five, AV Nation Infocom 2018 By Avixa AV Selfie Have you ever had a friend make a crazy face In your AV Selfie that you knew was great? 
Let me tell you a story of that situation. It happens all the time in the AV Nation. There are friends that you see only once a year. But you're global because of social and these are your peers. So if you work in AV, man, it should be clear that Infocom by a Vixen, yeah, you should be here. AV, you got what I need. AV selfies with my friends. AV selfies with my friends. AV selfies with my friends. AV selfies with my friends.